Evening, friends. Very happy to be here tonight to represent our Lord Jesus Christ and his love to fallen humanity, to the sick and afflicted, the needy, the poor and outcast, distressed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's lovely, isn't he? We love him. And he's here tonight to make himself known to all of us. He loves us. Before we loved him, he loved us. As I've said, no man seeks after God. God seeks after man. Man and his nature is a rebellion against God. He doesn't, he's against God. But God loves the man. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, God has still been calling for his child. And he calls through him through the thunder, through the lightning, through the setting of the sun, through the preaching of the gospel, through signs and wonders, through prophets, through miracles, through visions, God speaking to his people. I'd like to speak to you one of these days on how to see God before I leave here. The four ways, some way, four or five ways, we can bring God right into this audience. I can prove to you he's sitting right here in this audience now. Wish I had time tonight. Not my lot to do the preaching. Brother Baxter Lamb does the preaching. I pray for the sake. And I trust that God will make himself known to you tonight in a great, marvelous way. We just have a few nights left in this this campaign. The good Lord willing, Monday, we leave for Zion, Illinois. And just from there, I, I'm just kind of going on impressions the way that he seems to be leading me. I have one meeting that I'm going to. I know where that meeting is. That meeting is in, in one of them in South Africa. The other one's in India. That's going to be a real meeting. That's going to be where God makes himself known to 300,000 people. And in here, I'm trying my best to do all that I can while I'm able to work for our Lord and put every bit of time and all the energy that I know how to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ in the way that I'm, only way that I know how to the people, by preaching the gospel and by a divine gift that was given to me, not to heal people, but as uh, a seer to this end I was born, to see vision. I use that then just for God's glory. If I do things wrong, I don't aim to. God be merciful to me. For I try to do all that I know how to help his people. I love him. I know that's one thing that I really do. I love the Lord with all my heart. I, there's just something within me that's part of my life. I don't know what, what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. That's the main thing. I, I know that he holds all the future, and whatever mine shall be, it's in his hands. So each day I want to live, not for myself, 
If I live for myself, I live a selfish life. I want to live for others and give what strength I have, not to myself and to my own pleasures, but for the benefit of others that will build the kingdom of God. Now, in some of my theological teaching, views on the Bible, it might be wrong. I can't say I'm not a student by long way. I'm very illiterate, uneducated, grammar school education. That's uh, not to my desire, but I couldn't help it. We was raised a poor family, ten children, a sickly father that died when he was just a young man. The burden was on me, the oldest one of the family. I'd done my best and present that to my mother. But now to the kingdom of God, if I could do that for my brothers and sisters in the flesh, what should I do with my brothers and sisters? It's in the spirit that lives forever. It's the best that I know how. And some of you may be in teaching that you might not agree with me on different points, but I don't say it for no reason or uh, contention and so forth. I, I say it just to be honest, uh, to conviction, to state my views of it. And if I'm wrong, then you forgive me and pray for me that I'll, I'll get right. <laughs> but this one thing which is fundamentally I do know, uh, something happened in my heart one day. I've become a new creature. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, I, I've been in love with him, so in love with him, and everything else has been secondarily. <laughs> And everything else is just like when you get in love with Jesus. Oh, I perhaps, I don't say I had a choice, but maybe there might have been one more girl in the world that I could have married. <laughs> but you know, I found a young lady that I really loved. And I asked her, she thought that much of me? She said, yes. So we got married. I told her, now look, all my love I give to you, no matter what other women are, that woman has my love. Well, now perhaps I go down the street, and uh, here stand, comes a more attractive girl than my wife, or, and she says, oh, Billy, I really love you with all my heart. Now, the first place, see, if she has a love for me, it's bound to be false, because my first duty is what I pledge to my wife. That's her first. I've got to think of her first. She's my first. I told her I'd give her all my love. And then my first duty to my wife. I said, now look, sister, you're just infatuated or something, because you're, you're, you're not in love. And I'm not in love with you because I love one woman, that's the mother of my children. That's my first duty. Now, I love my brethren. I love my sisters. And I see them. Now, but my first duty is to my pledged love to Jesus Christ when I was buried with him in baptism. Is that right? Then that's my first duty. Then there, I've got to stand true to that. No matter how much I love uh, this brother here, or Brother Bosworth, Brother Baxter, or Brother Cox, or any of these brothers here, no matter how much I love them, yet my first pledge duty is to Christ. 
I must take him first. And then there's second. All right. Not comparing that kind of love now to, to the uh, lust or patient love that I was speaking of concerning the woman, but just giving you a, a parable. You yeah. understand? And I think that's what we all do. More or less, we try to express our feelings towards our Lord. No matter now, if someone comes up, if he's a good friend of yours, and says, Now, look, John, uh, I, I, I think that you're wrong about divine healing. I, I think that you're wrong, and yet God has touched your body. And you know divine healing, right? Now, your first duty is to stand up for Christ. If they say, Now, look, I believe you're just simply, well, you, you just imagine you're born again. There is no such a thing as that. A man can't be born again. Then your first duty is to stand for Christ. Say, yes, I am. I know I am. Recently, I was called into a, a famous doctor's office. He said to me, he said, uh, oh, he was very much perplexed that morning and upset and all doing, you know, and he said, look at here, so you spend two-thirds of your life and trying to get an education and one-third to live it out and you have to live that for somebody else, and oh, my, he's off. He said, uh, isn't it awful? Yes, it is. So he stood there a little while I seen he was in a hurry and everything. I to talk to him. He said, what I want to talk to you about, I hear that you're a missionary. I said, it's an evangelistic missionary. Yes, sir. I said, I just returned from Africa. He said, look, I studied to be a preacher too one time, four years. He said, I've come to find out there's nothing to it. Yes, sir. He said, when I got to study, he said, I studied the book of Muhammad, I studied Buddha, I studied all these, and the, Con the Confucius, the philosopher, and so forth, and said, all of those Buddhists, they ever one had virgin birth. Said, Muhammad, all, all them down through the line of Muhammad, they had virgin birth and everything. Says, the whole thing, I got all muddled up, and said, I just throw the thing away and said, there's nothing good, and I'm a perfect agnostic. I wasn't feeling very good then. I wanted to come back and see him again. I thought, Lord, I ain't got, my wits are not sharp enough now for that guy. But you let me slip out somewhere and sharpen up a little bit, I'll come back. So I went out, prayed. After a while, I met him again. He said, well, how do you, Reverend Bram? I said, how do you? He's a little kinder to me then. I said, uh, he said, say, he said, what do you think about those tribes down in Africa? What do you think of them? I said, don't you think they're very progressive, getting progressive? I said, yes. So what is that great big burly type? I said, that's the zoo. Oh, yes, that's right. That's what they are. I said, I studied a lot about them. I said, yes, sir. And I prayed out there. I said, now, Lord, if I meet him again, you let him name religion to me. Don't ever push yourself on anybody. Let them ask you. If they're interested, they'll ask you. So I said, now, let me... Um, let me see if what he said. Well, we went on for a little bit. The first thing you know why he said, uh, he said, well, don't you think you're more progressive? I said, yes, I believe the Zulus are a little more progressive. I said, he said, they're a big burly fellow. Yes, we talked. And right there in his office, he stepped outside of his office to talk to me out in his main office where many people sitting around to listen to the conversation. And he said, um, I thought, Lord, now I'm just waiting for you to give me that gold sign that uh, talks about religion. He said, well, I'll tell you. He said, um, I'll tell you, I think the smartest man that ever lived was Hot Gandhi. Well, I said, every fellow in his opinion, but I said, I, I Hot Gandhi was all right. I said, I had a chance to meet his, his son, Larry Durbin, if a wish. 
He said, say, I want you to go over here to Stewart's and get a, a book on the life of Hot Magandhi's son. Said, I want you to get the, the Path to the Stars, and you tell Ben Sanger over there that I sent you there. He said, say, Reverend, I like you. He said, you ever going overseas? He said, you know, you can't get these yellow fever shops around here anymore. He said, out here the government said that he's the main doctor out there at the, at the post that, uh, out at uh, what, Fort Knox. He said, I'd get the yellow fever anything. He said, I'd get it for you free, too, Reverend. I said, thank you. Uh, that ain't it? Yeah, you got to say something about religion. So went on a little while, so after a while he said, um, say, he said, I'll tell you, them Mohammeds are smart people, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. Them Muslims, I said, yes, sir, they are. Smart people. He said, they've read a whole lot. And I said, yes, sir. That's right. They've read a whole lot. He said, you didn't have much success getting your kind of people to your religion, did you? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, I said, we had around 30,000 converts in a day. He threw down his cigarette and said, what? I said, yes, sir. He said, is that a fact? I said, yes, sir. He patted me on the back and said, boy, you must be a genius. There was my chance. I said, no, sir. I'm a seventh grade dummy, but my Lord is a genius, the Lord Jesus Christ. He dropped his head down. He said, you mean 30,000 converts in a day? I said, yes, sir. I said, if you question it, you might call Sidney Smith, mayor of Durban, and find out if that's right. I said, there's more than that, but we just said 30,000. He said, was well, there Muslims and Mohammeds or the dots? I said, yes, sir. They stood there with their aprons and things and wiped the red dots off from between their eyes, getting right with God. When they seen the power of Almighty God moving, they said, that's enough for me. They believe. Well, I said, Doctor, you excuse me for talking to you like this, for you're a smart man. But I said, you know, in the tree, in the Garden of Eden, there were two of them. And one of them was the tree of knowledge, and the other is the tree of life. And man left this tree to bite off of this tree. And I said, when he took his first bite off the tree, let it be whatever it was. I got my idea of that. So, uh, whatever it was, when he taken his first bite, he separated himself from his maker. And ever since then, he's been biting off that tree, and every time he bites off that tree, he destroys himself. I said, God destroys nothing. Man destroys himself by knowledge. And I said, as Paul said to Agrippa long ago, I think too much study maketh me mad. <laughs> you, I said, you read too many books. I said, Doctor, you're trying to take them old ancient philosophies and things like that and saying they're virgin verse and so forth and comparing that with truth. I said, one is ridiculous and the other is sublime. I said, I know they have a mockery of it, just like everything and say they have virgin verse, but there's not one bit of it can be proved. And I said, I'd visit the country and the graves nearly if every one of them found it. I said, but tell me where Jesus lives today. Where is he buried at? Show me his bones. He said, well, what the story's right, what they said, they stole him away. I said, no, he rose again. He said, how can you prove it? I said, he lives within my heart. I said, that's where he's at. I said, he stays within my heart. I said, I'm not acting smart, doctor. I'm wanting to talk to you, you're a smart man. But I said, look here. You know what's the matter with you, fellow? I said, you're on this tree of knowledge. He said, Reverend Branham, look. He said, you said a man bit off gunpowder that destroyed his friend. Yeah. I said, and then an automobile. Yes. And then now atomic bomb. He said, Reverend Branham, if we had no automobiles, no gunpowder, no atomic bombs, said man would still die. I said, just a minute, doctor. He wouldn't have died until he left this tree. 
He had life until he left his tree, and leaving that tree brought death. See? I said, not, not the, that's just the result of leaving the tree. But as long as he stayed to this tree of life, he lived forever. But when he left the tree and refused this tree and eat off of this tree, disobeying God, then, when the question mark come across God's word, then, to eat, death come in. And when the question mark comes across your heart, to God's word, death sets in. I said, this is a tree of faith. I said, a man has knowledge, which is by five senses. I said, he's done a great job with it. But I said, you know what's the matter, you fellow, with all your education? I said, I'm not trying to support my ignorance now. They've used crutches of this. But I said, you fellows climb up this tree here as far as knowledge will go, and you'll reason out with your own mind. Then when you get so high, you can't get no farther, and you run out this way, and you run out that way, then you say, boss, with it all. I said, when you get as high as you can on knowledge, now that tree's all right. I said, as long as you get as high as you can on that, from then on, believe. I said, that, that's what you have to do. If you can't figure it out any longer, then believe. That's the time to believe when you can't figure it out. That's what becomes by faith. Hmm? How could a person with a cancer live when the doctor says he's going to die? Oh, everything says he's going to die, but here they are right here tonight living. Been living for a long time. Some of them across the country down over from the first meeting seven years ago, they have given just hours to live, and they're big, healthy, strong people. How is it? I don't know. It's by faith. This is the tree here. See? It's like a boy trying to swim. He says, I can swim as long as your feet's on the ground. But when he steps off and step off, oh my, he begins to gurgle and holler for help. That's the time to swim when you haven't got your feet on the ground. See what I mean? Well, the same thing is this, my dear friend. As long as you can figure it out and wonder how, as long as you can say, well, now, look here, it must be this way. Now, they must be doing it this way. Well, uh, if you can't figure it out, then just believe, as long as it's God's Word. Is that right? How's it going to be? I don't know. I can't tell you, but it's going to be. God said so. Jesus, they seen that he, he knew the people's thoughts. He knew what they were thinking of. He saw visions and told them that he couldn't do nothing until the Father showed him. And what he said that the Father would do, as the Father had done that, every time was right. Is that right? So they figured, how is he doing it? Now, perhaps it's mental telepathy. Then he told the people the things was in their heart that they wasn't thinking about. They hadn't, they wasn't even thinking about it. That's not mental telepathy. Anybody's got an ounce of sense that ever studied it knows mental telepathy is me taking a number in my mind and me thinking about the number and you stand out there guessing about it. <laughs> That's all what number I got in my mind. Mental telepathy doesn't reveal sin. Anybody that knows anything about it, ever studied it, knows that psychology is a perfect guesswork, shot in the dark. But Almighty God's Spirit is perfect. It ain't stand here and say, now, somebody in the building has a has an ulcer in their stomach. Sure, one in this building got an ulcer in their stomach somewhere. But who is that person? That's the next thing. Is that right? Who is the person? Then let God say who the person is, and that's different. Then tell them what they've done to cause that to come in there. Maybe it's in there. Maybe it's because of unbelief. Maybe it's because of this. And then the patient stand and say, that's the honest truth. That's different, man. That's when you're off of this tree of knowledge trying to figure out you're over here on this tree then believing. See? It's by faith. How? I don't know. Don't ask me. I can't explain it. And there's nobody else can explain it. 
God's word is past is past finding out. Is that right? Just wait. You just can't find it out. There's no need trying to figure it. Just believe it. That's all. And you see the results and see what God does. Now, here comes a man up here, maybe sick. He's standing here with a... The doctor says he's going to die. He's filled with TB. Here he comes up to his pastor. He says, Pastor, I, I'm, the doctor tells him he's going to die. I, I'm, I pray. You pray with me, Pastor. The pastor says, All right. Now the pastor, if he's not a gifted man or so forth with understanding, he had better anoint the man with oil because that's what stands between him and the sickness. See? Or he could take it himself. Now he takes the order James gave there, the elders of the church, let them anoint him in oil and pray with him. That's exactly the church. Anoint oil. That oil represents the Holy Spirit standing between the pastor and the sickness. All right. He anoints him with oil, representing the Holy Spirit. It's giving over to the Holy Spirit. Then he prays for the person. Now the person, after a while, begins to feel different. Flesh takes on. Goes back to his doctor. Why he says, Say, you're getting well. That's wonderful. What happened? I can't tell you. Here not long ago, there was a, a young fellow in the hospital in Jeffersonville was dying. The boy, they called me out. Our doctor friend in Jeffersonville sent me out to him. He said, go out and see him, boys, go die. Now, he, was a, he had a venereal disease. And his mother died, and he just run wild there, and his little girl, little sister had also taken a wrong road, and the little boys, and they started driving a taxi cab, and after a while the kid got in trouble. A dandy boy. I knew him. He just got on the wrong foot. And I went out to see him. I looked at him, and I, he said, Billy, I tell you, said I, I'm ashamed for you to come here. The doctor told me to make my peace with God. I said, Delbert, are you a Christian? He said, No, I'm not. I said, Let's talk about that first, Delbert. I said, Aren't you ashamed your mother was a Christian woman? He said, Yes, sir, she was. He said, Brother Branham, I, I don't know. I just just got out. Said the first cigarette I smoked. Some some of the boys told me said just to be smart, and then the girls began to tease me, and I started smoking, said, I didn't mean to come that way, and said, I started drinking, and I didn't mean to, just a sociable drink, a glass of beer. That's the way it is. Shun the appearance of evil. Have this first thing in front of you. When it's evil, say, no. We just stay there. No. That's settled. Don't have a wishbone. Have a backbone back there. Stand out. See, when you know you're right, if you believe in God, if you're born again, you will do it. That's right. There's no question about that. If you're born again, it'll take care of itself. Then, now, if uh, the boy got on the wrong foot, he had syphilitic. Doctor gave him everything that he knew of. He was giving him silver sand, six off six. Everything that could take place, because he's a doctor in the building, knows what that is. Mercury even goes into the bones and so forth. So there's not a chance for the boy to live. Tried penicillin, didn't work. All right. Now, so I talked to him a little while, and I said, Son, would you become a Christian? He said, I want to, Brother Brandon. I said, I, I, I'm afraid God won't receive me. I've been so sinful. I said, Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, sir. He'll receive you. He said, You think he would take me and me this disease like this? What have I got? I said, It's not your body you're presenting to him. It's your soul, my boy. And he said, Well, I, I come. I come. And I read to him John 14. I knelt down and prayed. While I was praying, the boy raised up his hands and sobbed and he cried and said, Dear God, right out while I was praying, said, Have mercy on my soul. Please don't let me die, sinner. Lord, with all my heart, I believe the word is right and I'm coming, I'm coming to accept as my Savior. The boy had a wonderful conversion. I got up and patted him on the head. 
blessed him. I said, now, Delbert, let's talk about divine healing. He said, well, Brother Branham, it's all right now. I know whether I will get well or not now. He said, everything's all right now. I said, something happened in here now. I'm not afraid to die now. I said, well, that's the main thing, Delbert. I said, now, that's the real thing. Now, let's speak of the Lord. He could stoop low enough to get your sinful soul. He'll stoop just as low to take your diseased body right down in the bed of adultery, pull you right out of here and make a gentleman out of you. He said, you think you would, Billy? He said, if he will, I'll serve him the rest of my days. What I have, whether I get well or not, I'll serve him the rest of my days. He wasn't talking too much on him. I knelt down and prayed for him for to get well, laid hands on him, went on up. I called up the doctor. The nurse called me and told me to get a hold of the doctor. The doctor wanted to see me. He sent me out there have prayer with him because I thought the boy. I said, Doc, I want you to go out. I'm... I'm definitely laying. You should give him another shot. I said, well, he said, I've done getting more than he said it is in taken. So I've tried it. I said, as a, as a friend, as your buddy, will you, will you do one favor for me? He said, sure, Bill. What is it? I said, go give him another shot. Will you do it? He said, yes. Except on the strength. I said, it won't hurt him. No, it won't hurt him. I said, go give it to him. He went back out and gave the boy a shot. That one took. <laughs> what was the matter? What's taking place? Why would the other say prayer change things? Boy's well and sound today. See what I mean? It's prayer that changes things. Get your head set level. Look towards Jesus Christ. Remember, he's the author and finisher of your faith. Have faith in him. Don't doubt. Believe that everything that he said is the truth. God will heal you, both soul and body. There's been one thing that's in my meeting that I've slapped on, one thing that I'm praying about. I have not revealed it to the people yet. I didn't say it for two or three days. I was impressed the other day, coming up on the road. Something keeps pressing to me. I think I'll almost make myself a mystic by, uh, to the people by the power of uh, a revelation of God through the gift. I believe if I could actually just let up a little and pray for more people, it's prayer that changes. I've noticed so many carnal impersonations go out and saying, well, I got this, and I got that, and glory to God, it's here. You say it's in your finger and watch somebody else get it in their finger. <laughs> and there, then they come out and see these things, and they muddle the whole thing together and say, there you are. That's the holiness church for you. That's the full gospel people, you see. The devil won't judge by the good things. He'll judge by the worst things. He throws it all over on the worst. The same thing he'll do by Christians. You say, look at there. Look at that guy supposed to be Christian. Out there living with this other man's wife, drinking liquor, doing these things there. Well, I'm as good as he is. Sure, you're a better than he is. But, brother, that guy has nothing to do with the man who's really, really living a real Christian life and loves Christ. If he loves Christ, he won't do those things. For he's born to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God remains in him, and he'll have no desire to do that. The Bible said the worshiper once purged has no more conscience and no more desire to sin. If you still have a desire, you haven't been purged yet. That's just one thing to her. If you still have a desire in your heart to go out and lust and sin, just remember, my friend, you need to come back to God, back to the altar. 
For we are sowed with the incorruptible seed of God, and our garden is a grain of wheat won't perish if it's in the right kind of a ground. How about the seed of God, which is it? Incorruptible. It's got to produce just exactly what it says it will. And listen, a grain of wheat will not produce a cockleburr. No, sir, a cockleburr will be in the field, and when the drought's on, the cockleburr's just as happy to receive the rain that falls to the wheat. And it gets the rain, the same rain, but by their fruit, you'll know them. See? You know where it's because of butter or wheat. See? And if you still let a carnal in your heart and so forth, unbelief, unbelief all it is. You heard me say to people, no doubt, they didn't tell me, go and sin no more. What I mean, go and sin no more. I don't mean go out and don't do this. Sin is unbelief. No matter what it is, what you've done, you, you don't, here not long ago, I was preaching in a Methodist church one night, and I thought the Lord was firing me up good, and I was just a preaching away, and I said, you don't go to hell because you get drunk. You don't go to hell because you commit adultery. You don't go to hell because you smoke cigarettes, things like that. Some little Methodist mother had just about as much as she stands, you know. She's sitting here and she jumps up to her feet. A great, nice church. She said, Reverend Branham, I resent that. What do you go to hell for? <laughs> I said, Because you believe not. That's right. The Bible said, He that believeth not is condemned already. Jesus said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but already passed from death to life. You can't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and live the same life that you once lived. That's right. That makes it pretty strong. That's not skim milk by long ways, but it's good for you. You can't believe with all your heart that he is the Son of God and accept him as your personal Savior and live the life you once lived in sin. Because he said you passed from death to life and are not coming into condemnation but you pass from death to life. St. John 5, 24. Do you believe that's the truth? Jesus Christ said so. So then you see, the only thing that condemns you is your unbelief. And if we can't have faith enough to believe God for little things that we see taking place here and try to mull it all up and say it's psychology, it's the mental telepathy or something like that, how in the world are you going into resurrection? Figure that out. When your body will probably not be over a spoonful of ashes. But God will raise it up. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has everlasting life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Jesus said that in St. John 6. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has everlasting life, present in now, and I'll raise him up at the last day. You believe that?
For verily I send you, whosoever shall speak a word against the Holy Ghost, it will not be forgiven him in this world or the world to come. I said, he's just mentally upset. I said, a little lady had just been healed of a condition she run. She said, Reverend Branham, she said, oh, I know it wasn't mental telepathy that night when you... I said, now look, sis. She said, I'm going to leave the building to the FBI, come and rescue you on the platform. She said, I don't know what I'd do, Brother Branham. I said, don't you worry about that, sis. I said, I've had the FBI in meeting two or three times, and every time he got converted, I said, I sure like to have him again. And Brother Bosworth remembers one night in my meeting when the FBI came to Seattle, Washington, went out the next day and knelt down in the shooting gallery and said, Brother Branham, look, how can I receive the type of Holy Spirit that you've got? See? I put my arms around him and led him to Christ. A year from now, he retires, he's going with me. And that's right. I like to see people come in who's really sincere. So I got up on the platform that night. I said, look. I said, I have a little piece of paper. I said, my brother Howard. I said, you go on out of the building. And Mr. Baxter, you leave the building. I said, it's been said this was mental telepathy. I said, sitting in the back of the building just about two hours ago, as Mr. Baxter here knows before he leaves. I said, one day while I was down here in Texas, and a little newspaper went busted later on, tear a dirty article, and said that I was up there in a whole lot. I said, I received so much money in a meeting, and it had taken two big men to pack the offering out of the building. Brother, sister, I had a million five hundred thousand dollars given to me at one time and refused to put my name on it and told them to take it back. That's right. I had $25,000 give to me in one check at the platform in Texas for a man from a Texas oil owner there that come said his mother was healed out of a wheelchair that just flew her in there. And I said, sir, and I pulled the check up before him. That's right. I'm a poor man. Someone offered me here not long ago said, Brother Brandon, we'll buy you a nice Cadillac to ride it. I said, a Cadillac? I said, me go down to Arkansas and some of them poor little old Arkansas down there picking cotton, little old mothers, and their hands stuck up with cuckoo burrs and things, or burrs off of that cotton, picking, pulling a sack half dead with female trouble and things like that, eating fat bacon and cornbread for breakfast, come put a dollar in my meeting and me riding a Cadillac? No, sir. No, indeedy. I said, no, indeedy. I'll never do that. I mean, thank you. I want to be like the people that comes to me to be prayed for. No, sir. If I could afford it, I sure wouldn't even have them to even put in the nickels and dimes to pay for the auditorium. And I said, no, I, if I got what I deserved, I'd be walking. I wouldn't feel funny now. I said, there goes Brother Branham, a big Cadillac going down the road, and them poor little fellows couldn't even afford a bicycle, and then me going in a Cadillac. That's not right. No, sir. So I just wouldn't stand for it. And this man made a great remark that I cut money and everything like that. It was wrong, but God dealt with him. And one day I remember a friend of mine, Mr. Reese, from over, he may be in this meeting tonight. Many of you might know Mr. Reese. He had a stroke and his hands was hanging like that and the doctor said he'd die before morning. They called me way down Florida, one of the secure place, and I prayed for him on the phone. God saved his life. And he was been, and one night, just coming out of, one day there at the, what was that little place where they got them big caves there in New Mexico? Carlsbad. And we was coming out, Billy and I were going down the street and here come Mr. Reese out and his colored driver and Mrs. Reese trying to help him and he was and he seen me come there and he held his mouth open crying and he's trying to wipe the tears away from his eyes. He said, Brother Branham, last night you called from twenty five to thirty five and mine was thirty six. He said, Oh, if I could only got to the line 
Now, I said, I said, Brother Reed, that wouldn't be your dear brother. He said, no, Brother Lamb, but I want to know what I've done. If I've done anything, God knows that I'm sorry. He said, why should I have to go right this through right now? I said, I'm glad to be living, but hold him like that. And the boy trying to hold him, his wife like that. I said, well, Mr. Reese, I have no way. I said, just tonight, I just call a number of those cards. I said, if God would have intended it. He said, well, well, all right. He said, Brother Bram, I'll keep on with God here. He shows me if I'm ever going to be well or not. What I can do. Poor old fellow. Standing there, I looked, coming up from him, I seen a palm tree standing out there. I seen him with a brown suit on, a white shirt, and a brown tie. Standing perfectly straight, lifting up his hands and arms, walking like this. I said, Brother Reese, thus saith the Lord. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know where it'll be. It isn't here because there's no palm trees here. But you'll be standing somewhere by the side of a palm tree with a brown suit on and a brown tie and a white shirt. You are going to be a well man. Whether it's this year, next year, ten years from now, I don't know. But thus saith the Spirit. So that is, I went on overseas to Finland and so forth and come back and went down. And that night, just before I went to the meeting, Brother Baxter, which is listening right now, here somewhere, and he was um, he was with me, and I'd been in the room for three days, just fasting and praying. Am I taking too much of your time? I hope not. Um, I was been fasting and praying, and wouldn't go out to eat. Brother Baxter comes and said, you got to eat tonight, so he took me down to the cafeteria, and just as we got in the cafeteria, he said, um, say, he said, we were kind of trapped in here, so there's some of our friends in there, and they're probably sitting close now, too. This one to give me that hat the other day. The Wilbanks was a very fine friend, said, they sure want to talk to you. Well, it's not as I don't want to talk to people, but when that's on, you just simply go to revealing things. So when we started out, Brother and Sister Wilbanks, sure enough, they visited me the other day down home, and they were standing there excited, or they come out, said, Brother Bram, want to shake your hand? And Brother Baxter said, now look, said, don't talk to me. And they, they said, we understand. They're very lovely. And he stuck my hand. I started going down the street. And I started walking down the street. The Holy Spirit said, turn around and go in the car with us. I thought, I, I just impressed. I'd go on. I said, Brother Baxter, it's a nice night. And he said, yes. Yeah. I felt something stop me. Looked like I couldn't move my legs anymore. Just getting, couldn't move my legs no more. I stopped real still. He said, what's the matter? I said, Brother Baxter, I'm going to go back and get in the car with Will Bang. He said, Brother Bang, you can't. I said, it's the Spirit of the Lord. He said, all right, then. So we turned and went back, got into the car. I said, would you take me around to the hotel, Brother Wilbank? He said, yes. We went around to the hotel, and when we got out of the hotel, at the hotel we started up, Brother Baxter went walking on in. I started in, and something said, go back and talk to Wilbank. I went back, I said, friends, I hope there's nothing wrong with your family. There's something here that just keeps telling me to, uh, about this. I said, not to, to, not to do this, you see. And not to go in and so forth. He said, Well, he said, I, There's nothing wrong with us. And I said, There's something strange. And Brother Baxter then went over there. There's a, a ring over there with some flowers in it, right almost the hotel. And Brother Baxter sat over there with this uh, messing around the flowers. He said, Come on in, Brother Bram. I said, In a little bit. And I said, I don't know. There's something happening somewhere. And I stayed there about three or four minutes. It looked like something said, Go on in. I started to walk on in, and just as they pulled away and started to pull away, I looked coming down the street and stopped right up there by the side of a palm tree was the Reese family getting out. 
Yeah, he had a brown suit on, a brown tie. I looked at that. I looked at him. I never said a word. He did his super arm in there and hardly glory to God. And here he comes down the street. They thought they had a Salvation Army out there. And up and down them steps he went. All over to meeting. I said, now go on over to meeting and sit down. See, just don't say nothing. Just sit there at the meeting. There's a bunch over there tonight. I said, it's nothing in the world but them same old spirits who lived on Ananias and those priests back there denied the Lord Jesus. It's the same thing today, living in man. The devil takes his man, but never his spirit. He just moves on, gets another one. And so, then when it went on down like that, the Bible says they were foreordained to that condemnation. You know the Bible says that? Turning the grace of our Lord into a citizen. That's right, Jews. And then, notice this, then they come down there just born for unbelievers. There they were sitting there, and I got up and I said, now, I've been told here, according to this, that the FBI is going to expose me tonight. I said, all right. All right, FBI, wherever you are now. I said, my manager's gone and so forth. I invite you to come on up the platform and expose me. If anything that I've done that's illegal, anything contrary to the Bible, anything illegal to the laws of the nation, I said, anything, come up and expose me and tell me where I'm wrong, which I knew was no FBI. So I just stood there a little bit, waited a little while. I said, no, it looks strange if the FBI don't come. I said, you got the platform. Come on. I said, if I've done anything wrong to be exposed, and they said, then come up and tell me. See, here's what I said. I'm willing to stand the, by the word of the Lord and, and to be exposed by it. See, I said, anything I've done. Just then I noticed moving over in this side, I seen a black object. And it moved across the audience and went over, hung right up here in the platform over a man dressed in a gray suit and one in the blue. They were preachers. I said, no, it ain't no FBI. I said, this said they was going to expose me tonight. The guys that done it hasn't got nerve enough. They've backed out. I said, there, they sat right up there. I said, that man the gray suit and that in the blue, and he got down like that. I said, well, I thought you were going to expose me. I said, all right. You're not FBI agents. You're a backslidden preacher. That's exactly what you are. You ask anybody you wish to, ask my manager. I said, you're a backslidden preacher. And I challenge you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you wrote this sign and said, I was Simon the Sorcerer. If I am Simon the Sorcerer, and you're a holy man, then you come to the platform and God strike me dead. Then, if I am a man of God, and you're wrong, when you come to the platform, God strike you dead. Come on down now. <laughs> they sat there a little bit. First thing you know, I said, you see what's happening? I looked and just going out of the building real fast as hard as you could. I said, well, we'll wait a few minutes, just play only believe or something, see if it comes. Nobody never did show up, never has since. I said, you see what it is? When it comes to a showdown, to the sack, it's nothing in the world but the devil. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. God's work moves on just the same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. What would have happened when that maniac run to the platform that night? Here today I was told here by a minister. When I used to take the people by the hand, I know we had some impersonations of that, that's right. But a minister said, that man getting them by the hand and so forth like that, a minister that's going to cooperate in my next meeting, he stand up to the platform and said, that guy is a spiritualist. That's all. Said he's nothing to him. Said he's nothing in the world but a spiritualist. Said he's a devil. He's a, he's a mind reader. Said there's nothing at all to that about his left hand. When that was first come, that was before this other had happened. Said there's nothing to it. And while in preaching, his hand went paralyzed from his wrist down. 
And today he's got big spots like leprosy, not leprosy, but a spotted like leprosy all over his hands. On that same hand that he criticized mine of. I tell you, brother, the Bible said it's far better than a millstone is hanging to at you, drowning the depths of the sea. That's right. So be careful. Know what you're talking about. See? Be careful. And that man has got his name on the paper to cooperate in this next meeting, willingly. See? If you don't understand, just be still. Just don't say nothing about it. I wouldn't even be around what is that. If I didn't believe in it, I just wouldn't even be around what was that. I'd stay away from it. Why'd I say that? Do you think I stand here at the platform and not know things? Certainly I do. I want to read some scripture. Again, 12th verse. And by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest doth no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were more added to the Lord, multiplied both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the street, and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shatter of Peter passing by might overshadow them. Oh, my. After calling two people in his audience that wasn't living right with God, the shadow of that man passed over him. What? This is not my word. I'm not responsible for this. God inspired Holy Spirit wrote this holy writ. you believe it? And I'd willingly offer my life that this is the truth. Look, there came also a multitude out of the cities, around about into Jerusalem, bringing sick folk, them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one of them. You believe it? Look, a man of a spirit filled, Pentecostal born, Holy Ghost man of God, called out, separated, stood under inspiration, knowing nothing about what Ananias the Father had done, but when he came, they came into the building. The Holy Spirit revealed what had happened. God rewarded them of their iniquity, and they believed Jesus the resurrected Christ, not Peter, the resurrected Christ that promised I'll be with you, even in you, and even the shadow of that man passing down the street you never prayed for nobody. Walked down the street and every one of them was healed. Sick, afflicted, impotent, lame, unclean spirits. That's the man who lived in adultery and uncleanliness and everything like that, unclean spirits, makes them do unclean things. Every one of them. Then if Jesus is the same tonight, if laying in the shadow of Peter would do such, what about right here when Jesus Christ is the same manifestation here among us? Don't take the shadow of Peter 
It takes faith in the Son of God. Amen. You believe it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh God, have mercy. I'll look at the people, how they're not thinking here in America. My lovely home. I love it, Lord. Oh, what a great country. We still got the open Bible. We got man of God who stands fearlessly proclaiming the word. God, how our nation has started eating off the other three. All together by education, our seminaries and everything, they have to be brought out with fine scholarships or they won't receive them. They have to belong to their own organization. They have to be well trained and taught. Oh, what a hindrance. I'll call man of God to be winning thousands of souls while he's in the school and taking out of him what God put in him. What a kid. Lord, what can I do about it? I'm just a little insignificant, illiterate, worthy of all God's wrath to be poured upon me, uneducated, born in a sinful family, raised by bootlegging parents. How, God, how would you ever save me? mystery to me. What's my voice? The only thing I can do is give my voice the best that I know how and call for mercy. So thankful that you saved me, Lord. Tonight, you saved me and heal me. Give me mercy and set me to tell others about the love of your Son, Jesus, Lord, with all my heart. Around the nation, around the world, I've tried to describe it. And out of there, he went forth great campaigns and meetings which are sweeping the world tonight. How we thank you for them. Men think of man of corrupt mind. But you said, as Jambers and Jambers stood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Never, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, Lord, I pray tonight that you'll grant your holy presence with us again. Just a few more nights and close. And here, these lovely people sit in this auditorium here. Lord, how I thank you for these born-again men and women that sitting in this building, renowned Christians, sons and daughters of God, who, if I shall have the, the privilege to gain the place to come to heaven, I'll live with them through secret ages. And here they are tonight, given a portion of their living to see the meeting going on, setting up here in these old hot seats, standing with fans, just as loyal as they can be coming every night. Let everybody say what they want to, call what they want to. They still believe they come right on. Nothing shakes them. God bless them. Please do, Father. May they receive the richest of thy blessings. And I stand as Moses of old, standing in the breach for the people. God bless this people. Bless the pastors and churches, every church that's cooperating, and even those who are not cooperating, indifferent. God, I don't pray for nothing else but they might see this marvelous, happy, glorious privilege that Christians have and walk in the light. Grant it, Lord. We're not doing it to be different, Lord, but if I should hold my peace and just think of the thousands would have died, oh God, and now some of them are winning thousands of souls for you, and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of souls are being won, just because of the great healing ministries producing the privilege to the people. 
Oh, merciful God, then move upon us tonight in a miraculous way, an outstanding way. Manifest thy love to us while we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As he tells me to speak, I only do just what he tells me to do. All that understand that, just say amen. All right. I want you to remember that. Believe that with all your heart. And God manifests himself to you. Now, <clears throat> to make well, each night I have tried reverently to be just as considerate with the audience. It's very hard. I stand there and maybe I'll, I'll let you know this. When you see me speak to different people, I watch that light. When I get an anointing, I see it. I don't see it now. When the anointing comes, I do see it. And I watch it. Now, that's the reason I don't let you flash cameras. Just because sometimes I see it move. I'm watching since the camera flash, it throws me off and gets me off seeing I miss something. That's the reason I say don't flash the camera while I'm, while I'm praying, while the anointing is on. It's nothing in the world but the sovereignty of God. That's right. Now I come down and try to be honest with every one of you, to try to do just to uh, just what I think is the best thing for you. Uh, I get out so many prayer cards each day, and I call from a certain number of them, not knowing where. God in heaven knows in my Bible over my heart. I don't know a bit more where to call from in that line tonight of a hundred cards that my boy give out. I don't know a one to call. And God, who is my judge, knows that. I don't know where to call. What? We'll just say, uh, Billy don't know when he's giving, he gives you a card, you fill it out. They pick it up down here and give to the ministers your name and address on it and so forth. They check up with you so they can get your testimony and put it out in public. First, your testimony has to be bonafide, has to have your name on it. It's not right. See? And... So therefore, when you give the testimony, that's you. It ain't what I said, it's what you said. We'd like for your doctor to say it. And we got the doctor's statement, then we put in books. So if they can check back. Now there's a hundred cards. What'd you give out, Paul? Hey. Prayer cards. All you'll see on the name, it's got your name and address and so forth on the front. And on the back it's got a letter and a number. P. One to a hundred. Now all Almighty God knows all things. I call you from, just wherever he puts upon my mind, then I will call. He's telling me today that people wrangle for I don't need them prayer cards. That prayer card is just to get you up to this platform. That prayer card has nothing to do with your healing. There's more people healed out there that don't even know about a prayer card, never has had a prayer card, than there is with prayer cards. Did you know that? Listen at it at night when the Holy Spirit begins to move out, catching over those people who don't even have prayer cards. <laughs> it's the difference. I believe I'll do something else right now. How many people here has not got a prayer card? Let's see your hand. Raise up your hand everywhere that hasn't got prayer cards. All right. This line, that second line right there. I see nearly a solid mass of you there that hasn't got prayer cards. All right? You that hasn't got prayer cards, beginning over there at the end, come over this way. Get up, you without a prayer card there. And then you next. Rest, everybody sit still now. You next, 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 next. Coming along the road there. It's sick and hasn't got a prayer card. Get up along there. 
All right, now let that group come right like that without prayer cards. Brother Baxter, you get down there and sit, and the rest of them come just like that, so I call for them. Billy, you get down here and line your line up. That's without you without prayer cards. You with prayer cards, hold your peace just a minute. How many of you that uh, in here that has prayer cards, let's see your hand. Like it's not the balconies are blank, way back in the back are blank, and some right in here are blank. All right. I believe if the good Lord willing, would you in that line, lady? You, you, you don't have a prayer card. You don't have a prayer card. I just, just hold your peace just a moment. Now I'll get to the prayer card after a bit, if the Lord willing. But you hold your prayer card just a little bit. So that you'll see it's not your prayer card. It has nothing to do with it. All right. You got a prayer card, honey? All right, you just hold your prayer card. I'll call for you in a little bit if I can. Yeah, okay, honey. I'm calling for those who do have have prayer cards. All right. Now, you got a few in there now. Now, Brother Baxter, now you stand at the end of that uh, right down here. And just as I call, uh, the next line's back in there without prayer cards. Hold your hands. No, wait, no, just a minute. Just a minute. Don't stand up. Just a minute. Without prayer cards, around over the building anywhere without prayer cards. Let's see if I can get a solid mass of them somewhere. Yeah. All right. All right, now you hold it. You stay right there. When I call, I'll call maybe a line behind us, seeing a group there, and then about third or fourth line back, there was a group that didn't have prayer cards. And there's a group sitting right along here on this second line here that don't have prayer cards. All right. Now just, just be reverent. Without your prayer cards now. Now everybody be reverent. Now let's bow our heads everywhere. Heavenly Father, I don't want to disappoint these people with the prayer cards who come here reverently as we've asked them to and sit here that, at, in this meeting that they, and this afternoon in this hot building and receive prayer cards. But dear Heavenly Father, that the people might understand that it doesn't take prayer cards to heal the sick. It takes faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, to heal the sick. And we want them to know that, Lord, and I pray now that you'll honor and respect this effort tonight. God grant it, will you please, just as you changed my mind standing right here at this platform just now. While you're doing this, I do not know. The only thing I know, you just spoke to me just now when the angels of the Lord come near and said, don't call in prayer cards. And I'm obeying what you said do. I'm only following. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe somebody coming up here that's really in a dying condition. This is going to be their last night. Lord, I pray that it is that you'll have mercy upon them and will heal them. Grant it, Lord, whatever you see, thou doest all things well. Hear the prayer of your servant through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. I would if somebody would get me a little a bit of water, if you will. I've been speaking quite a little bit. Now, I want everybody to be reverent. And I want you in the balcony up there, you that haven't any prayer cards, and you that haven't any prayer cards, I call you, if God speaks, I want you that has them to prayer cards, wherever I have to speak where the Holy Spirit leads. Now watch the light, it'll hang over the first one, see? But it looks like the balconies especially, and right along in here, there's no prayer cards, it'll seem like there's no prayer cards right along down through that section there, and right back in there, it's kind of way back in there. Well, didn't you all hold up your hands, you ain't got no prayer cards back there? All right, that's fine. 
or ever one or ever. Now, just, just believe with all your heart, God will bring it past. Now, lady, have you come believing? You believe with all your heart? Because God's going to grant your healing. All right, come on. Now, do you believe with all your heart that I be God's servant? You do. All right. Now, you don't even have a prayer card, and you just come in here tonight and sit down, probably come into the meeting, and, well, you just sitting there kind of surprised calling you. Well, I'm, I'm just your brother. I said brother because you're a Christian, you're a believer. I knew that by the welcome of your spirit, that you are a Christian, a believer. And you realize that you and I both are going to have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. And now I'm just talking to you like our master did at the woman at the well. Do you believe that Jesus Christ, who talked at the woman at the well and said, um, bring me a drink? He wanted to carry a conversation with him. And what was he trying to do? If I tell you, you might not understand just now, but he was trying to catch her spirit, you see. See, to see what it was. He perceived their thoughts, you see, what was moving. He knew what they were thinking about. And he was trying. Now today they call him a mind reader, wouldn't he? The devil has a bogus of it out yonder. The devil has a bogus of everything that God's got real. That goes to show because the devil's got something out there, a bogus of it shows that there's a real one it's made off of. Is that right? When anybody knows that stuff's wrong, that's the devil. But a Christian can detect between the, the devil and God, he is and he really needs an experience with God, doesn't he? That's right. Now, what I'm talking to you for is to catch your, your spirit, to see what, see what it moves in, and I can only say what I see. But if I be able to know what is wrong with you, then you'll believe me to be his prophet, won't you? I see you've been shook up lately. Something has happened that's really give you a real hard shaking. Isn't that right? You've got two or three things wrong with you. What you're feared about the cancer oil. Isn't that right? Is that what's wrong with you? And you have, and uh, you are anemia too. You have anemia and a female trouble. You've been nervous for a long time also. But your main object is your cancer that you're afraid is going to take your life, which it is going to take your life if God doesn't give you mercy. Is that right? If it is, raise your hand to the people. Now, to you imposer that said that it was mental telepathy, me reading that off of a prayer card, aren't you ashamed of yourself? God be merciful to your sinful soul. God will deal with you for that. All right, come near, sister, for your healing. Almighty God. Have mercy upon this dear woman. She's standing here, Lord. She realizes she, she's near the end of the journey. Now I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you will heal her and make her well. Grant it, dear Lord, while your spirit is near here, revealing to her her conditions and where she's there and what the, they what they told her in her examinations and so forth. Thou art here, Lord, to make her well. And I bless her now. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, that you heal her and make her well. Cancer, you who are bothering her, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, as a servant of God, I say, cursed be you. You're not afraid of me, but you are of him. So I have the rights to his name. 
being a Christian ordained for this work, come out of the woman in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, my sister, go on home and forget all about your cancerous condition. Forget all that others. You're going to be well. Do you believe me? No. Go on rejoicing. I say thank God. Be merciful. Now, everyone, be reverent. I'll have to bring you Do you believe, sir? I'm a stranger to you. I believe. I don't know you. I might have seen you somewhere. If I do, I don't remember you. You've seen me. Where are you from? Right here. Oh, from Florida. Well, no, I'm... That's where you saw me? Oh, I saw you down in Miami. Oh, at Miami. Long time ago, when yes. I was there. Yes, sir. Well, then, to know you, I don't know you. You no, just no. see me. Yes. Now, if I be God's prophet, and you know there's no way at all for me to know anything wrong with you, if I be God's prophet, then God can reveal to me your trouble. Is that right? That's right. And then, if I, if I can, by God's power, then you will believe with all your heart that God sent me. Is that right? Sir, you have a throat trouble. Isn't that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, there's not a way in the world for me to know that, but see you holding your throat like that and <clears throat> getting that in your throat of that. All right, come here now and you can be healed. Dear Heavenly Father, of all this man's confession, knowing him a Christian and the seeing praying over these conditions, Lord, I now bless him and say for this throat trouble to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, brother. Go home now and be well. Let's say thanks be to God. Amen. All right. If I be God's prophet, I'll know what's wrong with you. Is that right? As Jesus knew it's the woman at the well. All right. If I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with you right now, will you believe me to be his prophet? You have heart trouble. Is that right? You had heart trouble. I go home and be well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's say praise the Lord. Everyone be reverent. Now the Spirit of God's moving in the audience. Faith is again moving. Hear me. You are a stranger to me. I do not know you. You just happen to come in and sit down and called up here at the platform. I don't know you nothing about you, never seen you in my life. We're perfect strangers. But God can reveal to me, and you, you can, I can't heal you, but you can't hide your life now. You know that. You can't hide it. And you realize that something's going on, don't you? I'm watching the vision. I'm seeing you try to move in the morning when you get out of bed. You've got arthritis. Is that right? You're healed. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Go and be made well. All right. Let's say praise be to God. You believe with all your heart? You 
going to serve him? It is. All right, go on the road and be made well in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the way, that's the way to, be, to be healed. All right. Say, praise the Lord. Come. Oh, yes. I do recognize you, my brother. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> yeah, you're from Louisville. Yes, I remember you. You've come here to be prayed for. I forget what was wrong with you, but you just recently healed of a cancer, and there's some kind of a, he's over in my house talking to me, and there's some kind of swelling in your side or something like that. And you said you'd go to come here at the meeting, and did you just get in today? Oh, you were here last week. This man was dying here a few months ago with cancer. Here he is healed. Something said in he works for a railroad company and he's some kind of a swelling in his side. Isn't that clean? Clean. He said, Brother Branham, I want to come when it's under the anointing. I, I, I want to do it. So I do know this man. I know him. I want you to know. I, I know the man. And but that way, I want to pray for him while the anointing's on. I know what's wrong with him by him coming to my house and what has happened, but I want to pray for him while the anointing's on. I never noticed you in that line, sir. Was you in that line that I called? I didn't know that. Come here and let's pray. Now, Heavenly Father, here is my brother standing here who has just done so many lovely things. I've seen him sit in a little tabernacle down there and when I go out, he say, Brother Branham, when you have a meeting, when the anointing's on, I want to come near. And now, Heavenly Father, Breathe just now as he sees your spirit moving and know that this is not his brother Branham here now. It's you standing near. And I bless him, Father, for his gallant faith and curse this disease of his side. In the name of Jesus Christ, may it leave him and may he live a long, happy life and rejoice and be made happy and do God's work the rest of his days. Through Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. God bless you, brother. Go home now and be well. Let's say praise be to God. Everyone, reverence, if you will. All right, come near. What do you think? Do you believe me? I see you're awful nervous. All right, well, that's perfectly all right. You've got a right to be nervous, standing up at this kind of a time. But you're a stranger to me. I don't know you. I've never seen you in my life. Don't know nothing about you. Say, I'll tell you something first. You're not from this country. You're from across the sea somewhere. I see waters waving as you come across. You're from either you're from either down in lower Mexico or South America. I see South America. Is that right? That is right. And you suffer with cancer. Is that right? Come here. Almighty God, in the name of your son Jesus, I bless this woman and curse the cancer. Send her home to be well. Satan, leave the woman. Come out of her. In the name of Jesus Christ, go off the platform, rejoice, and return back to South America and get well. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come, lady. Do you believe with all your heart as you come? Do you believe God? Let us just raise our hands and offer a word of praise. Our Heavenly Father, we praise thee. Thou art here. Nothing can stand before you. You know all things. Lord Jesus, you know the beginning from the end. You know all things. I pray that you'll bless, Lord, tonight every one of these people and make them well. Hear the prayer of thy servant as I offer praise and thanksgiving to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, everyone, reverend.
Now, where's your prayer card? Hold it just a moment. See? Just a minute. Where's your prayer card? Raise your hand. I mean the prayer card. You see, it don't take your prayer card. That's only merely to try to get somebody lined up here. I hope you understand. Now, go to praying in the audience. Believing God. I know where I am now. I know where I stand. I know that God is with me. I know that He's here. I don't fear nothing because He's here. He told me, I'll stand with you, and no things will stand before you all the days of your life. I believe God. And I know where I stand. That means your condition's done left you, so you can go ahead home now and be healed. See that colored lady raise her hand right there just now, up there, that white-looking, hang on, got that stomach trouble. Stand right up there, about four rows up, about three or four in, the white blouse on there with the stomach trouble. Yes, sir. You don't, you don't have a prayer card? You don't have a prayer card. All right, you got stomach trouble, haven't you? All right, I've seen it up above there holding yourself and trying to vomit out, spit up your food, dyspepsy. Is that right? Is that right? Raise your hand, wave it like this. All right, you can go home and eat your food now. You're healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. I see a minister preaching at a platform. I see him examined. There he steps right there at the end with a brown suit on. Aren't you a minister of the gospel? Is that right? All right, you're suffering with some kind of a stomach or a colon, colon bowel trouble. Isn't that right? Got him even the bowel. All right, you want to be healed? You believe me as God's prophet? You believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Of course you do. All right, go home and get well now, Reverend, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe God. Have faith in God. That lady sitting right up there with a white hat on about that heart, standing with her fan back and forth this way. She's got diabetes, but is too also. She can be healed too if you want to stand on your feet. You that look sideways there, rise up. Is that right? It is, raise your hand. That's your card. All right. Go home now and get well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have faith in God. You believe him? You was anemia too. Is that right? Standing right back behind that lady. Is that right? All right, you can go home and get well. You don't need no card. That colored lady there, she has got that there uh, female trouble. She has she has got no prayer card either. If you want to be healed, if you do, all right, you may receive it. If you want to stand up and believe, all right, accept it. God bless you. Go home and get well. All right. You believe God? I've seen something else flash here in the corner just a minute. I believe it's over this lady in the, sitting at the men at the end. No, it isn't. It's the lady there on the corner. There's something wrong with bladder trouble, leaking in the bladder. Is that right, lady? If it is, stand up to your feet and stand up there. Is that right? Is that true? All right, you can go home and get well in the name of the Lord Jesus. You believe him with all your heart? What about you people over here? You believe God? What are some people that didn't have the prayer cards now? All right. 
Hallelujah. I see a man sitting out there with spinal trouble, sitting right there with a colored shirt on. Isn't that right? That's right. You want to get well? Say, has, is that your wife sitting next to you there? She has the same thing, doesn't she? All right, you can both go home and get well. God bless you. You believe with all your heart? What was you clapping your hands, sir? There's a green shirt on and a tie. Yes. You bothered you, aren't you? Uh-huh. Listen, there's one thing you need above everything. That's salvation. Isn't that right? You need to accept Jesus as your Savior. Is that right? Do you do it? Stand to your feet if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, you want me to tell you what you're suffering with? A high blood pressure. It's going to leave you now. You can go home saved and healed. God bless you. A lady sat next to him there, the little anemia sitting there next to him. He said, be healed too if she wants to. You stand up there. Yeah, that's right. You can go home and get well from that condition if you wish to be. Let's say praise be to God. Have mercy. God have mercy. Lady sitting right down to a little lady with the arthritis there can be healed too. Yes, sir. If you want to, you can rise up and be made well. The man there who's got the heart trouble, standing by the side of his wife. Something wrong there with her, wrong with her mouth. She's got some kind of a mouth disease. And that's right. Both sinners accept Christ, go home and get be made well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! You that would deny the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, shame on you! Our Lord Jesus is here. He stands here at the platform now. His Spirit is here to heal anybody that wants to be healed. I challenge any man or woman in here that will accept him as their Savior, as their healer, but what will be healed? you believe it? you believe he is, my friend? Just a minute, I want to pray. Bow your heads, everybody. Oh, Lord. Be merciful to the unbeliever, the sinner outside of God, outside of Christ. Oh, Father, come near now. Please breathe upon these honest hearts here. They're needy. Here's a bunch of handkerchief letters laying before me. God, I see standing out yonder in a little old cabin waiting. A little old mother and dad sitting back in the corner, dad with arthritis. Oh, eternal God. That mother waiting for this letter to return for that little baby standing under. Eternal God. It was written in the Word that when the Red Sea got in the road of Israel, God looked down through the pillar of fire, and the sea got scared and moved back. And the children of Israel passed over. God, when this token is sent, these handkerchiefs, and when they reach the people that they were supposed to reach, by the token of faith and commemoration of thy great servant Paul, who's among the immortals tonight, may them diseases, people, may Satan get scared and move back. May they move over into the promised land of good health and strength. Grant it, Lord. While sitting here in this building, men and women are sitting here praying, 
Lord God, it's between death and life for them. Many of them are bound by Satan. Oh, Father, I pray with all my heart. You said the affectional fervent prayer of a righteous man. Lord, we realize that there's none righteous, no, not one. But, oh, God, in the name of the righteous one, Jesus Christ, I pray with all my heart, all my strength, that you'll heal every sick and afflicted person here tonight. May there not be a feeble one. May everyone receive healing just now. May the great Spirit of God move over this building like a great pillar waving down like the wings of an angel who moves down over this earth and gets down in the soul of every 